What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. You can ask me anything and everything about the Catholic faith from morality to spirituality, whether it's a question about everyday life or what we believe as Catholics. I'm here to help you find answers. If you are a first-time listener, please be sure to follow the podcast. You can also hit me up with your own questions and comments at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. On today's show, we are going to talk about the proper way to dispose our religious items, our sacramentals. But before we get into that great topic, I want to share with you a glory story. My glory story is this. Uh, by the time you hear this particular show, I will be returning back from my eight-day silent retreat. Uh, I'm going back. I'm going, going back, back to Miami, Miami, to go on a silent retreat with Mother Della Galindo. She's the founders of the Servants of the Pierced Hearts of Jesus and Mary. I cannot wait to... Yeah, my glory story is that God has provided me the space to go away for eight days just to be with him to turn off the phone for eight days, to have no noise, no computers, no phone calls, no text messages, no emails that I'm able to see or respond to, just me and the Blessed Sacrament and the Sacred Scriptures for eight days, me and Jesus, he and I, one-on-one, to get away with the, the love of my life, my best friend. These eight-day silent retreats are so necessary uh, for me to abide, to persevere in my relationship with the Lord and His church. And yeah, I'm just, I'm super grateful. I'm I can't wait. I'm I'm legit excited to get away and to be with him, just to be with God in the silence, to to listen to him and to look at him and to be seen seen by him. Every year when I go on these retreats, they always pretty much like help me to grow and mature for that whole year. Like there's just graces that are unfolded. It's like an onion. There's just more and more layers that are unpacked throughout the year from those eight days of silence with Jesus. And so yeah, my glory story is it's been a busy season. It's been so busy. It has been uh, with vocations and with the church and with the school. And uh, it's just been busy. And yeah, he and I, we need this. Me and Jesus need this time away. Uh, like Jesus oftentimes would do ministry and he would go away from everybody and just go with the Father. That's what he's calling me to right now. And I am saying, yes, yes, my love, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I cannot wait to be with you. So yeah, pray for me that, like, retroactively, you could pray and affect the past. So pray that the retreat was fruitful, because by the time you hear it, I'll be flying back from Miami. Uh, but yeah, just yeah, offer up a rosary, Divine Mercy Chaplet, Liturgy of the Hours, a Holy Hour, a Mass, a spontaneous prayer, whatever. Offer something up for he and I that I'll be able to just receive and perceive his love and love him in return. And with that, let's go ahead and jump into today's show.
today's question comes in from Kara. Kara says this, Hey, Father Josh, thanks so much for the show. I just finished reading your pocket guide to the Sacrament of Reconciliation after feeling called to go back to confession, but uh, being unsure and afraid. The book helped me understand so much about the sacrament, and I was able to go to confession and experience God's mercy. My question is, my favorite rosary broke. That happens to me all the time. Like Literally, every rosary that becomes my favorite it breaks. It's as if God's like telling me, uh, Josh, don't be attached to the thing because uh, it's a gift. Mm, I don't know, maybe, whatever. All right, I don't want to get rid of it because my nana gave it to me. Is it okay to keep using it or is there a proper way to dispose of it? Thank you and God bless. Kara, yeah, Kara, uh, number one, you don't have to get rid of it. You can keep it forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. You can keep that rosary even if you aren't praying with it anymore. You can keep it in a, in a sacred place in your home. Number two, even if it's broken, you can still pray with it. You could, I, I, there are some rosaries that are missing some beads that I put back together and I still uh, allow them to help me to look at Jesus and to listen to Jesus and to go deeper with Jesus. The rosary again is a Christocentric prayer where we go with the Blessed Mother to look at her son, Jesus Christ. She was the only disciple who was with Christ from the moment of his conception to his passion, death, resurrection, and ascension. She was the only disciple of Jesus Christ who, uh, yeah, who, just, who never who never sinned against him, you know, even uh, even John left him at one point. He came back, but he left at one point. And so uh, nobody knows Jesus like Mary. So we asked Mary, Mary, like, help us to know Jesus, to see him, to love him the way you saw him, knew him and, and loved him. So, yeah, you could pray with the broken rosary. But if you wanted to dispose of it, how do you do it? Do you just throw it in the trash? Nah, 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 nah. So can, Court of Canon Law says this, sacred objects which are designated for divine worship by dedication or blessing are to be treated reverently and are not to be employed for profane or inappropriate use, even if they are owned by a private person. That's in 1171. And so uh, when we bless a rosary or a scapular or a medal, then what happens is the sacramental's power is now upon that object because of the church's prayer. When there is a blessing that is used for an object, that object is now changed. This is why we set aside rosaries for the holy purpose of prayer. Right? We don't just wear them for jewelry. We don't just wear them because they go with our outfit. We use them for prayer. Number one, because it is set aside for that. But number two, because there is a blessing that the object has now received that fights against the demonic. Whenever I bless meadows, I literally exercise them. This is the, the blessing for a, a meadow. Here's what I would say. Let's just go ahead and pray right now. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I purge you metals of evil by God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth and of the sea and of all that they contain. Oh, every power of the adversary, every cohort of the devil, every attack and appearance of Satan, get thee out of these metals and fly afar. May they become for all who will use them a help for body and soul in the name of the Father Almighty, in the name of Jesus Christ, his Son, our Lord, in the name of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, and the love of the selfsame Lord Jesus Christ, who shall come to judge the living and the dead in the world by fire. Whoa, right? So there's like, whoa, there, there was a, a legit, pretty cool blessing that that metal received just now, right? The devil is aware when there's an object that's blessed and an object that's not blessed. Demons can perceive that. One time I was doing uh, some deliverance ministry, and I used some blessed metals and exercised salt and holy water over a place and a building and an establishment. And, and the people who were there at the establishment did not know that I was there doing this. So the ones who owned it knew, but they didn't tell everybody that was like living there about this. So anyways, I, 
I sprinkle the salt and spray the water and drop some metals here and there around the place. And whenever the people in the establishment came back to the place, the demons began to manifest. And they were like, whoa, whoa, there's something different about this place than when we left this morning. And they, they even revealed to the, to the people that the priest was in the house. And they had no idea. The people had no idea. But it was all because the sacramentals and the exercise salt, the holy water, like there's a blessing that they received, these objects received from the church. And there's power with those blessings. Now, what happens is this. Sometimes our metals get worn down and our scapulars start to tear and our rosaries break. And so what do we do when this happens? Well, we can either keep them in a sacred place uh, for devotion because of the ways in which they were a bridge for us to cultivate a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, or we can properly dispose of them by burning them or, or burying them. But we don't just throw them away because they're not being used anymore. Like the way that we treat our sacramentals will affect the way that we treat people. I see this sometimes in convents with like older sisters. Sometimes young sisters come into a convent and everybody loves them. Like, ooh, yay, we have young sisters in our community. And, and they're like, ooh, and ah, of these young sisters. But then the older sisters who have been there for 50 years or 60 years or 70 years or 80 years, they're treated like trash and they're treated like leftovers. And like people are like, oh, like I don't want to spend time talking to that sister. Like she's a bride of Christ. Just like the young sister is a bride of Christ. She's just as important and necessary to our community as a young sister. But whenever we see my scapulars not as beautiful as it was when I first got it or my medals not as clean as it was when I first got it, and I just like throw it in the trash, that's how, if I treat that sacrament that way, that's how we treat people. We don't need that sister anymore. We can ignore her. We don't have to reverence her. We don't have to prioritize her. We don't have to take care of her. Every member of the body is important, and every sacramental is important as well. So... If you are to dispose of it, my friend, then I would encourage you to either burn it or bury it. And so you have options there. You can, again, keep it in a place where you just have it in your home, set aside. You can keep praying with them while they broke, or you can burn them or bury them. And that's how we treat these sacramentals. So just a reminder, if you're a first-time listener, be sure to follow my podcast and hit me with your own questions, comments, critiques at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh. When we come back, we're going to dive into our saint for the show. Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and we know, right, as disciples of Jesus, we need to be encountering God's Word on a regular basis. We need God's Word to transform our minds, to move our hearts, and yet if you're anything like me, sometimes you sit down to read the Bible and just you fall asleep, or you get caught up in the names and the events. It can be a confusing set of books. We've created an answer. And the answer, we think, is the Catholic Bible in a Year podcast. It is produced by Ascension and hosted um, by me. For more information, you can go to ascensionpress.com slash Bible in a Year. And we're back. If you want to receive show notes or any updates about the podcast, please be sure to subscribe to my email list by texting Ask Father Josh to 33777. All right, so today's saint for the show is a saint who I like a lot. Uh, his name is St. Vitalis of Gaza. So St. Vitalis of Gaza was a, he was like a monk who was a hermit too. And in his community, prostitution was a thing. It was bad. And it was affecting many women. Many women were being abused and used in his community. And they felt like they had no other option. And so as a monk, he would pray for them and he would intercede for them. But at some point, he was like, he felt like the Lord was like, you need to go out there and like immerse yourself in their lives, like get to know them, spend time with them, accompany them, and help them find freedom from this, this evil, 
right? Institution of prostitution. And so he did that. He took off his habit when he would go in town and he would work and he would work all day and he would make money. And then the money that he made, he would go to a brothel and he would ask a woman of the night to spend the evening with him. And when they would get to the, the room, instead of doing what you think would happen, he would begin to chant the Psalms. He would begin to pray. He would begin to read scripture. Then after he did that, he would ask the woman if she would please repent, believe in the gospel, come back home. And then he would give her money, the money he earned that day. He'd say, I have all this money here. Use this money to escape this lifestyle. He would essentially work for their freedom. And people in the town did not know what he was doing. They assumed the worst. They assumed, oh, well, he must be out there sleeping around. He must be unfaithful to his vows. He's scandalous. We know he's a hermit. We know he's a monk from that monastery. So what is he doing down here in our community with these women? As opposed to assuming the best of his attentions, as opposed to going to him and bringing it to the light their concerns, they just assume the worst. Well, one guy in the community was super frustrated. And when he saw St. Vitalis of Gaza, he struck him with an object so hard that St. Vitalis died. He was murdered. And at his funeral, all these women came. All these women came to his funeral. So many women came. Some women who were married now, some women who were consecrated religious sisters, they came and they said, I was a prostitute and he saved my life. He prayed with me and for me. And not only did he pray for me, but he gave me money to help me find freedom from that lifestyle. My life has been changed because of this man. I'm forever grateful for him. All of a sudden, the entire community realized they judged him inappropriately. They judged him wrongly. And yeah, one important thing for us to just poof, pay attention to in the story is we really shouldn't be judging people, right? Assuming the worst and the intentions of others. We should assume the best. We should assume the best because we don't know what people are doing when they're doing it and why they're doing it. And potentially they might be doing things that are actually really good for the community uh, and helping the community to become saints. So uh, today we are going to invite St. Vitalis of Gaza to pray for us, to always assume the best in the intentions of others. With that, I want to encourage you to continue to walk with me and I will see you next week. God bless. God bless.